This is the Breaking Bad Advice podcast, the show that is dedicated to helping you stay rational in these irrational times. Here's where I remind you that the following thoughts and conversations are for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Please reach out to your financial professional at Plan Financial to discuss your unique situation and circumstances. All right, well, welcome everybody back to another episode of Breaking Bad Advice. On today's episode, Isaac and I will discuss supply chain issues being resolved and inventory and supplier data that has been coming out, the direction it's heading, and what this could possibly mean for consumer good prices over the next 6 to 12 months. But first, we'll begin with a market update, and we'll start off at the uh, in the equity market looking at the S&P 500 over the last month since we last met. It was down as much as 13% at one point in the three-week period from September 12th to the month end. We've seen it rebound slightly to being down only about 6 to 7% over the last month. Uh, however, we look at the year-to-date number, and it's not very pretty still, down 21%. Moving along to the real estate market, we've seen interest rates continue to climb. Um, that means those pesky mortgage rates um, also continue to climb, nearing 7% at one point a few days ago. Uh, those have since slightly come down to 6.5%. But, you know, if those those rates remain where they are, um, or even near where they are, that will continue to be a drag on those prices. Uh, mortgage applications have, uh, rightfully so, fallen through the floor. And that could be a direction that we continue to head. Last but definitely not least, we'll take a look at the bond market. Yields continue to rip higher as the Federal Reserve continues its uh, stern stance that it is going to do everything in its power to continue to uh, squash inflation and uh, continue to raise rates, uh, increase the cost of borrowing. However, uh, earlier this week, uh, as this recording is on 10-6, Earlier in the week, there was some news out of the um, UK gilt market, which is the equivalent to the U.S. Treasury market. Um, those those rates uh, came plummeting down on the news that the Bank of England said it was going to do whatever it took to stabilize pension funds. And you may ask, well, why were they doing that? Well, these pension funds used a specific type of investment without getting down into the weeds that um, became very sensitive to rising interest rates. And what happened when those rates continued to rise, those pension funds faced margin calls, meaning they had to raise cash in order to meet the margin calls. And, well, what other way did they uh, raise that cash than selling U.K. gilt, which, which continued to put upward pressure on the U.K. gilt interest rates? So the Bank of England stepped in and said, hey, we're going to do whatever we can to keep these interest rates uh, where they're at, if not lower, and help stabilize these pension funds. And that, of course, set off um, um, a wave throughout the global bond market. And other you know, investors thought, well, hey, you know, if the uh, Bank of England's getting close to pausing or cutting rates, well, maybe the central bank is too here in the U.S. And that may not be the case just yet, but it also may mean we're not far behind. And with that, we'll go ahead and jump on into it. Isaac, what are we seeing with the uh, supply chain numbers that we've had coming out, the, the inventory data that we've seen? Uh, what does this look like for, for the, let's focus on the U.S. specifically. What does that look like as we head forward? 
Well, Joel, I think it's certainly going to bode poorly for uh, retailers, manufacturers, in terms of the the massive buildup of inventories we've seen, not just in the last couple months, but really all year. So obviously inflation has been the name of the game so far this year, rising prices. We've argued on this podcast prior that a big chunk of the reason for these rising prices was the supply mismatch. We had the COVID lockdowns, we had shipping problems, supply chain issues that interrupted the global economy in 2020 and 2021. And at the same time, you had a massive amount of cash infusion into the market. You had the central bank printing money to buy various securities. And all that kind of uh, combined for too much money chasing too few goods, or at least goods that couldn't get to the shelves of the retailers. And since about mid to late last year, we've seen a certain, a definite shift in that regard to more and more inventories, uh, you know, leading uh, to uh, uh, more and more buildup in terms of the macro data. And then now, just in the last, say, few months, uh, we've started to see, because of the rising prices, because of, uh, you know, the war between Russia and Ukraine driving up energy prices in various places, You've seen a lack of demand, uh, and that, and I think, is is obviously a consequence of, you know, we're not a lot of us aren't getting stimulus checks anymore or unemployment checks. You know that the American people have kind of spent that, and at the same time, now we're seeing all these supply chain issues get resolved, and that's showing up in the in the big uh, the big data. So you mentioned the Census Bureau a minute ago. What we've seen in the latest numbers that only go through July, unfortunately, so we don't have anything from August to September, but it. It wouldn't surprise us. Can imagine it maybe following that con- that trend. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, what we've seen is is uh, inventories continue to increase, and some of the increases we saw towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year were the largest uh, on record. And uh, and so just going from say June twenty twenty or July twenty twenty one through June of this year, we've had a twenty percent increase in men- inventories, which is a, just a massive. It may not seem like a, a large number to some people who are just you know laymen and but it is a huge uh, increase in inventories. Well, especially and, when you go from having a shortage of goods to now you have this major surplus of goods. Exactly, exactly. And that really is, that occurred while demand was still relatively strong. But as prices have gone up, people's stimulus checks and unemployment and PPP loan uh, cash has kind of run dry. And the wealth effect has began to dry up. Right, right. All of those things. Yeah, you see real estate prices starting to drop. You see the stock market obviously is down, you know, as you mentioned a, a minute ago, you know, over 20% for the for the year. Uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of, of uh, liquidity dry up. At the same time, we're now seeing massive amounts of inventory come online. And, uh, and we're seeing that in a lot of different areas. So, we, I have several here listed, but you know we can go through some. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Urban Outfitters CEO on a on a call recently was talking about uh, discounting their inventory because they have ex, you know way too much excess inventory, and he, he even said he didn't want to call it a bloodbath, but he did think it would quote unquote get ugly, yeah. um, and he thought that the excess inventory was across the board, all retailers, right? And he's not alone. Target sure. said that they had too much inventory in June. And that they were going to start discounting, uh, you know, their their prices quite a bit. Walmart canceled billions in new orders in August, and they've also said that they have too much inventory. We had uh, the chief operating officer of one of the largest return processors in the world, Go TRG, said that some of his um, his clients were considering actually just allowing people to keep the inventory that they wanted to return. 
Right. Yeah, we, uh, we kind of saw that with Target. Uh, you know, you take a good back there and they say, well, give your money back, but hang on to that thing. Yeah, because they just, they're out of storage, right? Um, just a week ago, Nike said that they were flush with inventories, uh, shoes even from last season that, right. uh, that they couldn't get rid of. Right. So, you know, the, it, the list goes on. Amazon uh, recently canceled what I think their cancellation of new sites for warehouses is now up to 40 for the year, which obviously they're expanding at a massive rate. We're not suggesting that Amazon is closing down or anything, but they clearly are cutting back on their expansion. And, uh, and just in a week, I think we're supposed to have the second prime day of the year. <laughs> and what we've seen is that this, uh, this, these, these inventory problems are kind of being passed on as good things. So two examples of this is, uh, the prime, the prime day sale here in a week. Now I, you know, we don't know for sure on this, but it's, it's reasonable to say that, you know, this is the first year in forever that we're having two prime days. And I think the reason, uh, that we are having that, they say it's because the first one was such a smashing, smashing success. Right. 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 And, and, and it, I'm sure it was. And, uh, you know, but the other ones have been successful as well. Uh, it, it very well could be that this second one is simply because there's too much inventory and they're trying to uh, trying to pass it off on a good as a good thing, right? Sure, and uh, you know all this can actually be good news for the consumer as prices fall. If you have cash, cash will be king. Um, but obviously, the at the end of the day, what really needs to come into focus here is what does this do to company profit margins? You know, you've had costs of you know all these goods have gone into them at such a high price and now you have to sell them at a much lower price i mean you're seeing the uh the input prices have fallen back to levels uh where you know we were in 2020 and they look like they're going to continue to head even further yeah yeah exactly uh, another example would be uh, peloton they recently announced a joint uh venture with Hilton to put a bunch of bikes in the, in the, you know, the hotels. And of course that may be a great, great deal for them, but it's also an indication that maybe they have too many, too many, uh, bikes that they can't sell. Sure. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's going to be reflected ultimately in lower prices. And, uh, and this is again, not even recognizing the fact that if we are heading into a, a recession, uh, potentially a significant recession, that there will be a certain amount of demand destruction right, right. the ability for consumers to pay even lower prices right. may be uh may be questionable right and so it'll require even more and more price cuts than inventory than than retailers are estimating at this moment right and this will really only be exasperated even more and more by you know if the fed continues to do what they've been doing they continue their stance on it i mean we're already basically in a recession and you know whether they acknowledge that or not we're heading there and if they continue to raise rates throughout i mean it's just gonna you know make this thing go along even faster which isn't a bad thing you know i think rates do need to come back you know up to to cleanse a lot that you know bad investments that have gone on over the last uh, few years um so you know it's it's not a bad thing at the end of the day what it's gonna lead to um sure there's gonna be some pain involved um but sometimes that's necessary to you know, have a healthy economy. Right, right. As we've talked about in some of the past recessions, oftentimes the, the bust phase of the business cycle is viewed by some as this aberration, as a, a negative, as something that needs to be cured by central bank behavior, you know, new money being created to kind of alleviate the pain of price declines. Uh, we actually feel like it's the opposite, right? That the bust phase is actually 
the uh, the hangover after you've you've drank too much, right? right? It's the 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 cleansing period where you actually become healthier on the other side of that, assuming that you're actually allowed to uh, to complete that that cleansing period, and and that's what we hope to see is that prices will be allowed to drop, along with the prices in in retail and manufacturing goods. We would expect that that will be reflected in lower earnings uh, estimates for you know, S&P 500 components, these companies that are publicly traded, what that will lead to is further declines in stock prices. Uh, but potentially we could see some insolvencies and bankruptcies. And I think that would be, uh, again, while a short-term painful thing where people may, some people may lose their jobs, they may have to shift to a different industry. If uh, in a free market, if the chips are allowed to fall where they may, what will end up happening is there'll be a much healthier and quicker recovery on the other side of that pain. Uh, which will end up being better for for everybody, right? Um, you know, and and just to touch on what you mentioned a minute ago in terms of the bond market, we've obviously seen bonds continue to rise. The rates, excuse me, have continued to increase. Part of that is res- in response to the Fed saying that they're going to continue to fight inflation until they see further evidence of it declining. We would say that there's plenty of evidence already that it's going to decline, right. but uh, they they seem undeterred at least as of yet. In their uh, in their effort to to raise rates and and uh, create a recession, um, but at the same time as they've continued to raise that short end of the curve, what we've continued to see is that the inversion on the 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 bond market curve, which means that longer term debt continues to fetch a higher price and a lower rate than short term debt, and uh, and that's just not normal. That's not healthy. Right. Uh, and but what it does indicate to us is that the the underlying economy is is not well. And so from this point here, we would expect that even if we get a positive economic, say a a positive GDP number for the third quarter, we get a rebound in the stock market, maybe because, as you mentioned earlier, maybe the Fed does pause next month or they decide to to pivot and start cutting rates because they're worried about where the economy is going. Even if we were to see some developments like that that seem otherwise positive, the bond market continues to tell us that perhaps the, the, the worst part of this is still ahead. Right, right. And so what do you what do you mean by that when you say that the worst of it is ahead? Well, uh, so far year to date, we have had a, a stock market that's obviously sold off sold off over you know twenty percent. We've had various parts of the bond market sell off quite a bit. Uh, you know, we've had a variety of global and international crises that have occurred. And yet, as much pain has been experienced in the financial markets so far year to date, there really hasn't been a lot of real economic pain. And what I mean by that is there haven't been a lot of bankruptcies or insolvencies. There haven't been any bank crises, at least so far. And so when we look ahead, I think the concerns we have is that this massive inventory overhang, way too much goods that have been purchased at much higher prices, will now have to be sold at much lower prices because there simply isn't a consumer around that can pay for these these goods at the prices that they were paid for. And what that does is it translates into lower earnings for corporations. If we have that where earnings are declining and at the same time we have these elevated interest rates because the Federal Reserve is um, you know, convinced that they need to kill inflation, even though we would say inflation will probably come down on its own, if the Fed continues to keep these rates, these short-term rates higher for longer, even at this point, the pain may have already, the damage may have already been done. But if they keep these rates higher for several more months, 
um, what we could have is a lot of companies that have been heavily reliant on elevated earnings and uh, very cheap debt for many, many years could come under pressure and and you could see a, a wave of, of bankruptcies and foreclosures. And we refer to these companies as zombie companies. Right. Um, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. So. Well, and at the same time, too, I mean, companies at the end of the day are in business to make a profit. And there are sometimes things that are out of, out of their control, like you mentioned, the, the cost of borrowing. And so they look at other expenses that they can control, you know, i.e. employees and say, hey, where can we cut costs? And that's that's one area. So, again, that's another pain that we could possibly see over the next um, like the coming months, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. We haven't seen a big increase in layoffs or unemployment claims, at least not not yet. Uh, and so if this is a kind of an opening act of a much more significant recession, then we would expect to see increased layoffs. We'd expect to see potential bankruptcies and insolvencies. We would expect to see further declines in financial assets. All of those things are likely to occur, which will be painful. Right, right. And as you mentioned, at the same time, maybe at the same point, we see the zombie companies begin to finally die off. And with that, actually, we'll be talking about zombie companies in our next episode, so stay tuned. Just in time for Halloween. And that does it for another episode of Breaking Bad Advice. As always, you can find this episode along with the latest newsletters and blogs on planfinancial.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay rational.